Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And we go right into your phone calls. Marcus is waiting patiently in New Jersey. Marcus, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Good evening, sir. What's on your mind? Um, first of all, I'd like to say I am one of your newer website advertisers. Uh, I am Marcus of Nothing Project, the one-man rock band. The one-man rock band. Now, has, I'm sure that has to have been done before in the past, but I took a look at one of your videos, and it was pretty neat. Yeah, uh, it's been done quite a few times, but it's unique enough that it uh, definitely piques people's interest. There uh, aren't too many one-man rock bands in any given geographical area, I don't imagine. No, not really. Uh, so it definitely uh, gives a leg up. And what I wanted to bring up is uh, the fact that the government uh, gets in the way of rock and roll uh, with the drinking age. The, the, oh, yeah. The, the uh, laws uh, prevent it, usually the most enthusiastic fans from enjoying local original music uh, because the teenagers uh, are typically the ones who are looking for new music and they're willing and open-minded about uh, new original local bands that – maybe would otherwise not get people to listen to them, and uh, the the laws prevent them from usually coming out to see them because the bands are playing in bars. Well, and would you say that it's the bar owners, usually the bar owners' decision to restrict 21 and up or 18 and up or something like that, simply because it's just too much of a hassle to try to keep checking people's IDs in a, in a big crowd or something like that? What do you think the reasons are? Yeah, no, definitely um, the, the bars... I've uh, talked to bar owners. They they don't want to uh, let underage kids in because the you know it's just too easy for uh, there to be problems with the law, and in no time they would they would get shut down because inevitably something would happen. A lot of people, I think they don't make very much money on them either. I mean, most of their, they, most of their income comes from selling drinks, right? So it's it's kind of. <laughs> I don't well, know if it's helpful. Yeah, if they could sell drinks to them, they certainly would be. Um, it'd you know, be helpful. It'd yeah. be helpful. I mean, you know, the, there's the first part, which is they're leaving themselves open to being shut down by the government if you know one person underage, you know, sips a little alcohol and somebody sees them. And two, you know, why why exactly should eighteen, nineteen, twenty year olds not be able to uh, consume alcohol? I mean, exactly. In, in Ireland, if you're old enough to go up to the bar, you can order a drink. I mean, do you hear about all the, the riots there? I don't. The justification that I heard, I was actually uh, turning 21 during the time when the the drinking age was changing in Georgia. It was really, really frustrating because it was staying a year ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, I was like timed perfectly to, to really screw with me. And uh, the justification I heard at the time was they were trying to get it out of the high schools. Like they thought that by raising Ludicrous. the drinking age, because there were some people who were still staying in school, you know, a little late because they were being held back, and they were old enough to buy alcohol Right, at so somebody would know an, a 19-year-old, yeah. and they could buy it, and so therefore that would bring it into the high schools as though it has done well, anything to it. Keep just it just goes to show school. how the government still can't keep, they can't keep alcohol out of their high schools, and, and yeah. we trust them to do anything else. You know what else sucks about it? If you're gay <laughs> and you're just coming out of high school and the only place to meet other gay people is in bars, mm -hmm. that really sucks. And if you look at a lot of gay people, I kind of see them. It almost seems like they're, they're, they're still teenagers uh, sort of uh, emotionally because really? they haven't 
had the opportunity to date and everything the way most people have. Now, wait a minute. They when you say that. they're still teenagers, how old are we talking about here? What kind of like? Age uh, are you? Well, I, I, I sort of joke, half joke, that uh, a lot of gay guys are still are still teenagers in their early 20s. <laughs> I would say that applies to most people in their early 20s. Yeah. I mean, to, be, to be fair, that's the way the culture, the American culture as a whole, sort of the popular culture is. Is And we've talked about this on the show, is the kind of the childification of America's youth. Instead of allowing them to grow up at the pace they would like to grow up, they're sort of forced down and kept down in this uh, underclass of... Yeah, you feel like you're an adult, uh, your body's telling you you're an adult, but all of the rules in society and the structure that is around you is saying, no, no, you're not an adult oh, yet. And, and in many so, ways, they keep us child in a childlike state forever. I mean, they, they don't ever extent. want us to truly think of ourselves as, as adults able to make our own decisions. You know, look at the look at the seatbelt laws in most states and things like exactly. that. Exactly. You know? So to get so Marcus to get back to what you were calling about, I mean, the idea that you're suggesting would be to lower the drinking age, and that would do a lot to help the the music scene and help the bar owners at the same time, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, actually, I know some older rockers who are a little older than me, and they remember when the drinking age was lower, and their response to it today is they say, oh, I, I don't know how any rock bands can have any success playing out, because when they played out, it was all the teenagers and 20-year-olds, 19-year-olds that were filling the bars. And hmm. so, of course, yeah, they should definitely lower the the drinking age, or actually they should just get rid of it. Well, when I was uh, younger, they had things they called all-ages shows, where they would uh, bring in a, you know, a few punk rock bands together, and um, and I don't know if they had them in any other uh, genre of music, but I, I don't think so. But they would uh, rent, like, an auditorium, you know, an auditorium, some small auditorium or something like that, and play mm -hmm. there, and then, you know, Yeah, people... the, the problem with the all-ages show is then the, uh, the people over 21 don't want to go. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that is a tough balance because, I mean, if you're an adult and there are a bunch of teeny boppers around, you might not necessarily want to be in that particular uh, company, I suppose. And so that could cut down on your older audience. So I guess it really just depends on where your demographics are and what you're willing to risk. Yeah. Well, interesting call tonight. Anything else in your mind tonight? No, uh, that's about it. Thanks, There's Marcus. People should check. Yeah, well, check, you check out his banner. It's there on the Free Talk Live website for the uh, Nothing Project, the one-man rock band. Pretty cool. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's go to Ottawa and talk to Mike. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hi, Ian. Hey, what's on your mind Okay, tonight? I'm appointing you judge for tonight. You're appointing Here's you judge. Here's the story in Ontario. Okay. Medical marijuana. Man has a license, goes to a restaurant. Restaurateur says you cannot smoke marijuana here. Okay. He goes to Human Rights Tribunal. They say, yeah. He has a right to smoke marijuana. What a jerk. Okay. Private property rights gets are, better. Pri it are gets primary. There's, there's more. Okay. All right. Liquor License Board of Ontario says you cannot allow a person in that room that has a controlled substance. This man is going to lose his license to sell liquor, everything. How do you resolve this? So you're telling me, let me see if I've got this straight... The guy went to the government to complain because a private property owner wouldn't allow him to smoke on his private property. The government exactly. says you have to allow him to smoke. By the act of him smoking, the other government agency, the liquor board, has said we're pulling your license. Exactly. And don't forget, we don't know why the guy said that you're not allowed to smoke here. Um, it may very well have been because of the liquor's uh, license, uh, the liquor licensing agency's rules in the first place. Or maybe he just doesn't want smokers in his it, restaurant. It could be one of the. It could be either of those. It could be something entirely different. We don't know. 
So your question for me is what again? So if you were a judge, how would you call this? Uh, I would I would have the government Human abolished. Rights Tribunal says <laughs> I would abolish the government. Uh, I would abolish the government in one fell swoop and then destroy my own position. <laughs> Come on, man! You're putting me in a judge's role. No, I mean obviously the government's uh, the when problem two laws here. Conflict with each other. Well, the, the, what happens is you get vi- innocent victims like this poor property owner. That's what happens. I mean that the rea- that's the reality how of the many case. Young girls like serving guys and whatever. Wait, what about young girls? What? BS guy is like really pushing the issue here. How many people are employed by this guy? Employed by the the restaurateur? Yes. It's a good question. Probably a, a couple dozen, I would guess at least. At least ten. Yeah. So this, this guy is saying I have the right to smoke marijuana because I have a piece of paper from a justice of the peace. Yeah. Well, that says I well, have a right he, to do it. He does have a right to smoke it, but he shouldn't be able to do whatever he wants on someone else's property. Right. He has a right to smoke it on the his own private property hey, or in the property of someone who, who wants to allow it. As a as a restaurant owner, aren't you, you allowed to serve alcohol to anybody that has a controlled substance in their possession or is under the influence of it? So this guy is stuck. Well, can't you kick anyone out of your restaurant for any reason? I mean, well, aside I agree. from the specific ones Probably that are barred, like racial discrimination. Legal fees. Why should this guy be spending so much money on legal fees? He shouldn't be. The government shouldn't be involved in any of this stuff. I mean, it's a clear answer, and I thank you for the call tonight. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. The government should not have a liquor licensing commission. If you want to sell liquor, you should just sell liquor. That's It's a government problem, and, of course, more government is not going to be the solution, though I'm sure that will be proposed as one. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, those other talk show hosts in the industry, they want to charge you for accessing their site. Ours is free. So enjoy the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and see that for yourself. That's wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. Have the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire touched, moved, and inspired you, but you're unable for whatever reason to be involved? Well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org allows you to care for these brave men and women by financially supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion. cdevolution.org, you can find handy subscription links there from PayPal, or you can make a one-time contribution. Uh, Plus... If you shop over at newegg.freetalklive.com, you'd need to get some computer parts, for instance. Uh, if you shop there, a percentage of your purchase will be contributed to the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. So it's every every uh, cent that we get in commissions on that Newegg link goes to CD Evolution. So I just cut them a th- over $300 uh, check. I've heard good things about that site, too. Some people said they found some really good deals there. Oh, the Newegg site? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Newegg's a great uh, computer vendor, uh, newegg.freetalklive.com. Whether you're building a computer from scratch or you just need to buy a pre-made laptop or pre-made desktop system or uh, they even have other electronics there. So it's a good vendor, newegg.freetalklive.com. And that percentage bonus goes to the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. Yeah, we've been looking there for, uh, you know, I- I'm looking for a computer and you've been looking on there for, for stuff and it looks like there's some pretty good deals. Yeah, they really are. All right, so we continue here with your phone calls. Ryan is on the line in Michigan. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live. 
How you doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I called you last night, too. I don't remember. I don't, but go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. nothing personal. <laughs> well, I was just wondering, uh, you know, there was, uh, I've been hearing a lot of things, and, and I'm, I don't want to, like, you know, spread rumors or anything like that. Oh, it's radio. You can spread whatever you we, want. We love rumors. <laughs> but uh, I, I was in the store recently in this market, and there was, uh, you know, there was a gentleman in there, and he had, like, an Army shirt on, and, and he was trying to help me find something in there. And, and I said, oh, are you are you in the Army or something? He's like, is there if I do like a skit for this, like what he said and what I said? By all or, means, what? sounds like fun. Okay, and he, he's, I'm like, are you in the army? He's, I'm a, I'm a former SEAL. <laughs> and I said, oh wow, uh, I thought at first you might have been an army ranger or something. No, I'm a former SEAL. I'm trained to kill, boy. Good heaven, <laughs> boy. And uh, you know, I just was wondering what he was doing, <laughs> what he might have been doing in there. He doesn't seem like too bad of a fellow, but uh, you know, I just uh, kind of. Raised my eyebrow a bit that there there might be something going on. Uh, and I'll take your opinion off the air. Oh, wait a minute. When you say there might be something going on, what are you suggesting? Oh, oh like uh, that there was people like uh, you know military in the area or something. Uh, former military that might be uh, you know in, in different places. I guess. Well, like, po- point of point of clarification. You were in a store and this guy was helping you find something. Was he working at the store or was he just another customer that was just kind of helping you out? Oh, I, I think he I either knew the owner or he was working there. You know, I, I really don't know that for a fact. Well, I'm not sure what, if you think there's some sort of sinister plot going on here, uh, but it sounds to me like you're dealing with somebody who was in the military and now they've moved on into uh, civilian life and they've got themselves a J-O-B. And they've got a nice inflated oh. ego over it, too. <laughs> That's right. I was just trying to call up and be, be kind of goofy, I guess. I wasn't right. trying to... I liked the skit. That was fun. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Well, like that eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It is a little scary uh, when uh, you know people brag about uh, you know killing killing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little weird. I'm to a me. seal, son. I separate your head from your shoulders in five fifths of a second. I mean, I I don't know. Wait, that's a whole second. Five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think seals are good at listen. math anyway, so that was probably accurate. All right, let's I continue. Ed, talk to Carl in Massachusetts. Carl, you're on the air on Free Talk Live. Hi. Um. Hey. I just had a um. Quick, um, quick thing to talk about um, promoting the show. Yes, sir. And um, I was just wondering because I um, I started listening to the show maybe about a year ago, and um, I'm a college student in uh, Boston, and I feel like a lot of college kids is kind of like um, all the time where they kind of get their political views into place. Yes, uh, uh, the college like, kids are generally clueless about uh, the world around them. That tends yeah, to be the case. So I'm thinking maybe maybe that would be a good a good. Um, Group to target maybe with the promoting, and I was uh, I had just a quick little idea for you guys if you would. Sure, doing it. run it by me. Um, so I was thinking, you know, um, maybe on on the site or something like that, you could get. I know you're um you you also said that uh, a lot of the younger people are, are voting and things like that on the podcast, so you can so you can you know that there are younger kids listening. Oh yeah. Um, so I was wondering maybe there should be like maybe some sort of incentive to um, going out and self promoting the show like almost like a guerrilla style um, promoting a show. Like if you could provide like um, different like files to download to the people's computers. We're way ahead of you. Out. Here's what you should do. You can go to promote.freetalklive.com 
And when you go there, you'll find exactly what it is you're looking for. And if not exactly, you'll find some of the tools that you can use to create exactly what it is you're looking for. At promote.freetalklive.com, there are pre-made flyers that you can print out and fill in and make copies of uh, to promote the show if we're on in your local area on a local talk station. There are also flyers to just kind of generally recruit listeners to Free Talk Live and, and help people contact their local talk stations. There are also... Uh, there are vector versions of our show graphics, so if you wanted to create your own flyer, you could you could do that uh, with some of the stuff that's up at promote.freetalklive.com. You've got vector okay. versions of and your graphics. Have yes. you have you thought about? Um, I know, you know, a lot of things you guys talk about is there should you know there's usually some sort of incentive involved. Did you have you guys thought about maybe um, having that like some sort of incentive to people that you well, know generally promote like a like a good amount for the show? Like what? What? What kind of incentives? You talking about are you money talking? here? Are you talking about? No, I'm never talking about money. I don't know. Like I, I know if you like, <laughs> suppose, like for instance, a lot of um, record labels will have. You can join a street team. They'll send you like, you know, CDs, and you go and hand. Them you know what? Here's what you should do. That. Here's what you should do. If you're looking for something like that, the folks over at Bureaucrash are putting something exactly like that together. And I forget what they call it. There's some term in Bureaucrash. They're hip. You know, they've got the they've got names for the things that they do, and I just don't remember what it is. But if you go over to Bureaucrash.com, get in touch with Pete Ayer. He's the guy in charge over there. And ask him about their street kits or whatever. That He'll know what you're talking about. Because just a few, uh, few weeks ago, uh, he and I were talking about these kits that they're going to give to their volunteers. So essentially... One of the, uh, the the bureaucrashers will form their own little local group, and then the bureaucrash organization will send them a kit full of stuff, including Free Talk Live flyers, which we've actually ha- already had them print out. So they're running their own print job, printing like 5,000 Free Talk Live flyers, and they're going to divvy them up, and they're going to send them out in these little kit boxes out to the local bureaucrash cells, for lack of a better term. So I think that may be exactly what you're looking for, because then not only you'll be reaching out to people and spreading the idea of Free Talk Live, but you'll also have whatever else bureaucrash is including in there. And I'm sure there will be some, uh, some you know, bureaucrash stickers and, and other neat things that, uh, that you can use for that exact purpose. So it sounds to me like you would really uh, do yourself well by going over to bureaucrash.com and getting plugged into whatever it is that program is called. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. Thanks a lot. All right, dude. Thank you, and good luck. As far as the actual incentive is concerned, uh, hopefully the incentive of introducing new people to the ideas of freedom is incentive enough. I wish I'd known that there were vector graphics available, because I completely recreated the FTL logo for some of my own From work. scratch? <laughs> yes. You know what? I don't know how long it's been up there. The promote oh, page okay. is one of the newer pages on the website, but if it would be of assistance to you, it is there at promote.freetalklive.com. More on the way here. Scotland will go there next. Talk to somebody who's waiting patiently from across the pond and take your calls about whatever you want at 800-259-9231 plus we'll talk about the slave roads coming up it's free talk live are you moving to new hampshire for the free state project maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own mark warden the porcupine realtor will help you find the perfect property do you want a home with 50 acres of land how about an income producing building Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That would be the Sickle CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. 
And Mark, join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. By the way, those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. If your company needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. We continue going to Scotland, where Mike is on the line. Hello, Mike. Hello, Dave. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hello? Hello? Mike in Scotland. Go, sir. I'm here, yeah. I just want uh, all you guys in America to know that some of us are actually waking up across here, and we are aware of the shadow government. I just wondered what I could do at this end to support you. Well, uh, we don't talk about a shadow government on this show. I'm more concerned with the government I can see, the one that's hurting people in reality, the one that uh, the, all of the evidence is out there pointing to. I, uh, can you go ahead and explain what you mean by shadow government? Well, I know over here that the, there's, a, there's a lot of anti-Americanism happening, and a lot of the people, are not, they're not aware that it's not down to the American people. Uh, their hands are sort of tied by by the administration that they have in place. So their hands are tied. So what what he's saying is that uh, it's not Americans that are the problem, but uh, the American government. That much is yeah. true. I will certainly agree with you. But I, I guess I don't understand what the, the whole shadow government thing is. What is that supposed to mean? Well, I, uh, as an ex-British soldier, I served in Northern Ireland and Bosnia, where I could see the benefits of what we were doing. But then when I went, uh, uh, fought in the conflict, the, the initial conflict in Iraq, and I also served to set up bases in Afghanistan. And whilst I was in those locations, I could see no point in what we were doing whatsoever. I, I'm not I sure if that's I, answered the question. Well, I well, mean, it, it, it is if that's what he says a shadow government is. I think shadow government might be a, a somewhat colorful term, but I think there is this sense that the American people... There is only the illusion of control the, in terms, you know, that we get to vote. We get a very limited selection of candidates that we then pick from. It's like, you know, we get a choice of masters, a very small selection of masters to pick who's going to lead us. And, and yeah. ultimately, I think you understand that we have very little control over George Bush, for instance, deciding to go into Iraq. And, so are you suggesting uh, uh, that the shadow government would be essentially the people that are kind of pulling the strings on Barack Obama or George Bush? Is that the idea? Yeah, the power behind the throne. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so what, your question uh, was what to do about such a thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how could that affect change in the UK? I mean... There is Over a European here. state uh, free state project. I don't know how that's coming along. I've just kind of heard rumors about it. I, obviously, here on this show, if you're new to the program, you don't know. Uh, but we are fans of the free state project, which is an idea... That's a very simple one, and I think very powerful at the same time. That is to gather together as many liberty-minded individuals as possible into the same geographic location. 
and and actually work toward more freedom and whatever that means uh, to be activists to, uh, to achieve liberty in in our lifetime. I think it's possible. Uh, I think that obviously coming from Europe to the United States is a difficult task, which is I believe why the European Free State Project was created. Uh, and of course there is the Free State Project here in New Hampshire. If you can make it over here, that'd be great. Uh, but make sure you you know you've got a firm foothold in the ideas of freedom first. You understand the idea that in order to be free yourself, you must allow others to also have freedom. You get that, right? Yeah, I do. I do. I think I've gone off track because it's rather late here in Scotland. But uh, basically what I wanted to do was to reassure the American public that people over here are waking up to the anti-American sentiments. Oh, good. good to we're, know. We're not anti-American people. I appreciate that. I'm glad to know that some people are making the differ, uh, differentiation, and thank you for the call tonight. There was an Irishman that came to Porkfest uh, last year and uh, went on the bus tours with us, and his mother came along, and I think I saw him again at Liberty Forum. So I know it's, it's, a, it's quite a difficult, it's difficult to get over here and, and uh, start working and actually move here, but... It's probably people are trying uh, to do it. <laughs> right. It's probably easy if you just want to come here and uh, you know duck the system. Uh, it'd be relatively easy to get that started. How long you could keep that up for, I don't know. Uh, but actually trying to get through the immigration bureaucracy, I don't imagine that's too simple of a task. No, uh, I've I'm never just, had to I'm do just, it. Thank it's inspiring that there are people trying to do it that care enough about the Free State Project that they're trying. Oh, absolutely. A, <clears throat> a Frenchman who's a men- member of the Free State Project who uh, you know came over here for a period of time, like on a work visa, a short-term mm-hmm. work visa. He managed to get a job, and the uh, the the employer sponsored him to come over, um, you know, through oh, the great. immigration process. So it's. But how long does that take anyway? I mean, even if you even it didn't if you take get that long when uh, you know when 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 a company does it, it doesn't take nearly as long. I see. Toll-free here, 800-259-9231. So you can bring up anything. Now, the interesting thing is these people that tend to believe in this shadow government conspiracy... Uh, when you suggest the Free State Project to them, they usually get scared, and you're, you're they... drawing conclusions from what the guy said. Um, you know, I mean, I you asked him to explain. He did. He didn't and... really explain it, actually. Well, he didn't ever answer the question because, well, what does that even mean? A shadow government? I actually had to answer the question for him, and then I said, "Is that what you meant?" And he said, "Yes." So the people that tend to believe in the shadow government thing uh, in this conspiracy theory realm are normally frightened by the idea of getting together with other like-minded people because they have come to the conclusion, because they've just heard so much of this conspiracy theory propaganda, they've come to the conclusion that, you know, this government or the shadow government or whatever, the Bilderbergers, uh, whoever it is you want to point the finger at, the Masons, uh, that, that they're so influential and so powerful and so devious that inevitably if uh, liberty-minded people get together, they'll just wipe them out with an atom bomb or, or something like that. You know what I, would, what I would try to tell people to, I don't know, I don't know if you can call it comfort them or to relieve them of some of their anxiety and stress about that, is your best defense in a situation like that is to be as open and as public and as well-known as possible. There's, it's a lot harder to disappear. You know, I don't know if I, I – don't, I don't buy into the – to the to the shadow government. To me, it looks like you said it's pretty obvious what's going on if you just pay attention. Yeah, the, the uh, government we can see but, sucks. Right. But yeah, I mean, it, it be open and public and as as visible as possible. And it's a lot harder to disappear someone, you know, discreetly. Uh, if that's the case, I think they're more likely to go after you with legitimized reasons, like you know, try to find some ridiculous notion of child porn on your computer and or label you, you a sex a offender or you a hat. Yeah, court. they'll go after you for some or tax evasion, or they'll try to raid your house for drugs or something. They'll try to get you off. If you're truly a troublemaker, I can see them going after you for something else. I mean, I think that's how the, the, the drug war really got fueled during the Nixon administration because 
there were all these people who were protesting the war, and they didn't want them doing that, but they couldn't go after them for free speech, so they went after them for drugs and hyped up the drug war. They've always got something they can go after you for, but we've seen that as far as that happening here in New Hampshire so far... Well, you know, they've targeted a few people, perhaps. Uh, Myself might be included in that. Uh, But generally, most activists are completely untouched by the government apparatus. I think they know that they're not going to be able to do it discreetly. They're learning that very quickly, and they're shooting themselves in the foot when they decide to target free staters or, or, or any activists. Any freedom activists. I think you're absolutely right about that. The word has definitely gotten out to the government people in New Hampshire that the free staters are here. So they know about it. For instance, Sam and I went into the courtroom or the courthouse the other day filing some paperwork. And they, as soon as we came in, Sam's there with his video camera. One of the bailiffs, uh, you could, you heard him say, he walked down the hall and said, the free staters are here with cameras. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, so they know who free staters are, but I don't think they, they know really, they're scared of cameras. Right. <laughs> but I don't think they really know exactly what to do about them yet. Uh, they are trying to crack down in some instances. In fact, there was a recent Ridley report at RidleyReport.com where they interviewed Charlie, who was the young, very kind of frail, small guy that was uh, roughed up by the police in Milford the other day. You and I were both there for that deal. And uh, in Dave's interview of Charlie at the very end, when he was being, I guess when they took him to the police station and were processing him, and some of the things that he overheard them say reflected the idea that they... They like the idea of cracking down on little things like wearing a hat in court because they believe that by cracking down on those things, it's preventing the masses from rising up and rebelling. And to some extent, they may be correct on that as far as the masses are concerned. But what they don't understand is that by cracking down, all they're doing is sending out a signal to the rest of the liberty-minded people out there saying, this is where the action is. Come here if you want change to happen. More on the way you take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, you bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You can shop with us if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. So whether you're buying brand new or even used, they sell it all at Amazon or virtually everything. You'll probably find exactly what you're looking for, and you'll find user reviews as well. It's, uh, it's probably the best online shopping experience I've ever had. Amazon.freetalklive.com, and a cut of your sale will go to Free Talk Live when you enter through that link. We go to your phone calls. Jeremy is on the line in Montana. Hello, Jeremy. Jeremy? Hey, guys. Uh, when do I get my Free Talk Live media credentials? <laughs> you can make them up any old time you want to, man. Just uh, get your printer and go ba- uh, get, get a badge laminate down at Walmart and put one together any old time. All right. Hey, uh, it's kind of something freaked me out here. To well, I just found out today, but uh, I guess there were two deputies dressed in black sneaking around like my friend's trailer, but I'm in the trailer like next to his. And we don't do nothing wrong. I mean, other than I might, I don't have medical marijuana, but I might smoke a bowl. And, of course, I like my beer and stuff, you sure. know. But I'm trying to figure out, you know, I, and somehow, you know, because you all know I used to travel Rainbow Family and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I don't mind guns, you know. I like them okay. Uh, but I was, I got about $500 to spend coming up on uh 
budget for security, and I'm wondering, well, should I buy, like, one of those four-camera infrared security camera systems, or should I buy, you know, a gun? What what would you buy? I mean, would you buy... And can you yeah. take that security camera with, camera with you when you're out and about in uh, possibly unsafe places? Well, I mean, I just wanted one to, like, mount on, you know, a camera here and there around the yard. That way, uh... I guess I was just way. making my case for the gun. <laughs> But uh, you know, I could see I could see both being useful. The next time I catch them sneaking around, I can at least have them on camera and take that to the. Well, if you if you're concerned yeah. with police, it's um, usually better have cameras rather than camera, guns. Yeah, than like cops. you know. <laughs> people, oh, I didn't I didn't catch that part. People that protecting themselves about. from the police with guns are are dead. Um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, when you're you know when so cameras for police and uh, guns for burglars. Yeah, I just thought he saw someone prowling around. I missed the part where it was police. I'm sorry. And you can get a pretty cheap uh, surveillance camera um, for your house, and you might be able to do both. You know what? I like the idea of. I mean, beyond the, if if you're really looking for the cheap, what you could do is you could just print something up, like a little uh, again laminate something, put it up on your front door. Something large enough and bright, brightly colored enough to where anybody that's standing in your front, at your front door is going to see it. It could be some sort of a little sign that says you are subject to being audio and video recorded at all times on this premises. Or on this premises, you're subject to being audio and video recorded. And that may be enough to simply bluff the police. I mean, what, then you, if you don't have the 200 bucks or however much it's going to cost you to install an actual camera system... Be, I mean, it may be even more than 200 I haven't priced them out in a while. I guess it all depends on what kind of hardware you're looking at. But just having that psychological effect may be enough just to get the cops thinking, well, we better watch our behavior because this guy could have cameras. And it may actually be helpful that they can't see where they are. Uh, you know, if, if that sign is there, that, that could... That could mean the cameras are anywhere. It could mean they're all hidden, and, and who knows? Uh, they, they, they could be very paranoid about something like that. Well, the last time they were here, uh, complain, someone complained about my music like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, and they unplugged my camper. They burned out the outlet. I almost burned out the uh, plug, you know, that goes into the outlet and stuff like that. And, and I called them, you know, and uh, I told the sheriff that the next time they do that or come out here messing with me, I'm going to catch them on camera and then I'm going to upload it on YouTube, and I'm going to not only upload that on YouTube, I'm going to upload your number, your family's number, all of that. <laughs> That's the way to do it, man. I, I absolutely support you on it, and I thank you for the call tonight, Jeremy. Good luck. 800-259-9231. So whether you actually have the money to install a bunch of cameras or not, I think you can you can certainly psych them out otherwise. And this, this could work on the road, too. If a cop comes up to you and, and you want to try this out, I've never tr- had the opportunity to try this myself, but you could say something like, Officer, just wanted to let you know you are that you may be or you're subject to being video and audio recorded. You may be audio and video recorded. Uh, and then just see if their behavior changes. Don't tell them where the camera is, and if they tell you to turn it off, you just, you just don't. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I'm glad you brought that up because there's been a lot of controversy about whether this wiretapping law applies mm-hmm. in a live recording. And I've read it myself and heard a lot of discussion about it. And for the life of me, I can't fathom how it would apply. Now, this is the New Hampshire wiretapping law. Yeah, and, but I think different states have similar 
sorts of things that are specifically supposed to be about, like, if someone calls you up and you're recording the conversation without their knowledge I believe, on a cell- uh, yeah. telephone call or something like that. Right. I don't have their rules in front of me to right. reference, but uh, it's my recol- recollection that it's something about, you know, where you have an expectation of privacy, essentially. Right. But you can always cover yourself, from what I can, t- uh, from what, from my understanding, you can cover yourself by just letting them know you're being recorded. Yeah, and that may even be overkill, but it certainly doesn't hurt to do. It's a right. good idea to do. And put, and put them on their best behavior. Yeah, but it doesn't Absolutely. mean you have to have their consent. That's where I think it's being someone is really misinterpreting the law. Yeah, I think you're right. They, and, and and if and if a, and if a policeman questions you, say, are you audio video recording me right now without my consent? Because mm-hmm. they'll claim that you know, there's there's a claim that it's a felony. Well, they and don't I'm like, I don't consent. think that. Uh, that police are, are committing felonies on routine traffic stops. Well, right? usually, <laughs> usually, Dale, in their own rules, they make exemptions for themselves. So, for instance, I, uh, I, there's yeah. a harassment statute that I was looking at recently because the, the cops keep coming after me to try to throw me back in a jail cell here in Keene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was looking at the harassment statute, and, it's, and it lists a few different things, usually by phone, for instance. That's kind of the original intention, I think, was to stop kids from harassing people by phone. But it says that if you've told somebody to stop calling you or to stop contacting you and they continue to continue to contact you then that's grounds for harassment but after that there's it basically says comma unless for a lawful purpose so they write in their own excuses i I agree i though I, i think specifically in this case i don't see any sort of exception like that that would justify uh, for instance, the police audio video recording of traffic stops, and which is which is why I don't think they really interpret it that way. I think that's just sort of an empty threat, saying, "Oh, that's a fe- you can't record me without my consent." Yeah. Absolutely, the cops will say whatever they can get away with saying. The mm-hmm. cops will make stuff up. I it don't d- think any. I don't think it'll hold up in court if you record a cop and then they try to you know get you on, on the wiretapping law. Especially if you informed them of it. I, I can't yeah. imagine that would hold up. There was that case in uh, Nashua, which kind of got all this controversy started, where a man was recording the police. They didn't know about it, allegedly, and okay. he did get brought up on felony charges. Okay. I forget what happened to the guy. I don't, I don't recall if he was I don't, convicted. I don't, recur, um, I, I don't remember anything I believe he him. was convicted, but I'm not positive on that. But either way, it certainly was a big waste of his time. Uh, and if he'd if he'd told the cops he was recording, it probably would have changed the case for the better. I think this is this is a hill to die on, as Ridley calls it. Did David Ridley calls it? Oh, a and hill there will be plenty on? of chances too. Yeah, let I me think, tell you, because you know, right now in New Hampshire, uh, you and I were at the Milford District Court recently, and they were not allowing cameras in. Right. And at Keene District Court, they are also not allowing cameras in. And it's my understanding that recently another case in Dover, Cynthia, one of our listeners, was out there on the uh, the seacoast area. They also were not allowing cameras in. So there is a very <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a conspiracy against cameras out there uh, here in New Hampshire, and it's going to take some courage for people to go up against it. And well, like you mentioned recently, uh, there's so many cases of police abuse coming out right now that th- that's why this is a hill to die on. Anything you can that would that will keep police. Just, just, just obeying their own, their own rules is, uh, is a start. Or at least pretending to whilst in front of the camera. Right. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Cops are afraid of cameras everywhere. It's not just New Hampshire. Yep. And the tides are turning on the camera situation with the police. I mean, and now we've got more online streaming options than ever before for the activist community. Uh, Quick dot com has to be the 
premier, I guess, website out there for this. I believe Stickam is also getting into the game where if you've got one of the Blackberries or uh, Nokias, there's a variety of phones now that are, are going to be compatible with online streaming video. And the more of those kinds of phones we can get into the hands of activists and, and of course, regular people as well, the safer people are going to be. If, if it's a matter of just clicking a few buttons on your phone and you're streaming on the Internet, it just doesn't get any better than that as far as having some sort of uh, a digital device that is essentially an insurance policy for you. That's what that camera would be. It would help keep people safe. Hey, officer, instead of being able to say, officer, you are being recorded, it's officer, you're being streamed live to the Internet. <laughs> what are they going to do about that one? Does it help if they take your camera? Well, I mean, they Sorry. can stop the stream, yeah, I suppose. But, well, true, but it's already, at least what's, out, what's there is already yep. there. So, so pretty exciting times for the activist world. 800-259-9231. It'll be even better as the data services become cheaper. They're already pretty affordable right now. Data services will become cheaper. Phones will become cheaper with the video options. And before you know it, all the cheapy phones will have this feature and everybody will have access to uh, online streaming, which is uh, pretty exciting. Hour 2 is coming up. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. We'll talk slaves and we'll talk to you about whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Also, join Dale over at his website, anarchyinyourhead.com. Brand new uh, episode was posted last night, I believe. Right? Is it nighttime usually when you do it or just any old time during the day? <laughs> it's it's They're scheduled to happen on Wednesday and Friday, the cartoons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a procrastinator. So <laughs> sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes they show up at like 11.55. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Well, there was one posted late last night, and it is, uh, I think it was, I thought it was quite funny. So highly recommend people uh, take a look-see at anarchyinyourhead.com. Uh, plus, you also do the occasional blog post, so it's not just cartoons, uh, but it's also kind of an opinion blog occasionally as well. In fact, we might share one of those posts here in a little bit, but we've got to get through the phone calls first, so let's go to them. And talk first to Joe in Pennsylvania. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Yes, hey, we had much response of uh, education association and elementary school teachers and uh, principals about uh, free state uh, issues, and how about private parochial schools? Your, your question is, what, what has the response from the government school people been versus private schools? Yeah, and yeah, that subject. I haven't the slightest clue. Huh? I, uh, I don't know how aware the school board people are to the free state movement. I'm not sure. I'm sure in some places in New Hampshire, people are where people are more politically active. They probably made appearances at, at such things. I, I believe Irina Goddard, the former president of the Free State Project, at one time ran for a school board position. So I would say that some places they probably are more aware of it than others. I don't think that there are too many free staters in the Keene area that have bothered to do anything in regards to the school board around here. Well, they've but been I'm on sure. uh, talk back. There's and discussion among school uh, students themselves and the teachers in the board about that, any of that. 
Is there any discussion? I don't have any idea. We've certainly not been made aware if there has been. There was a time last year when some of the activists here in the Keene area went out in front of the government high school. That's what I was thinking of. Right. We handed out some flyers. Again, you were there for that. And the cops did come out and threaten us with uh, uh, trespassing uh, possible citations. So does that mean that the school kids are talking about it in class? Not very likely. Yeah, I mean, what kind of example would that set for them if they're not allowed to have any kind of extra uh, thought process <laughs> into their mind, you know? Oh, I agree. I mean, that's what we were trying. We were essentially just giving the, kid, letting the, ki- giving the kids a chance to uh, fill out a survey of how they thought their education experience was. That's all we were doing, and then we were just going to make that, you know, That's available. the next generation that's going to be watching us, <laughs> right? Yeah. We I, think it's, I think it's critical to reach out to young people. I yeah. highly I highly support doing things like that. <laughs> their minds when, are a lot more open than old people do. you get into too. your 70s, those are the people you're going to be watching you. Well, that's and Mark, you just hit the nail on the head. That's why they put them. In, uh, that's why they are so uh, encouraged to go through government school for twelve years. Is because they are uh, a lot more. They're open-minded, and that has to be crushed How about at a young age. Pri- <laughs> parochial private schools. Any response with them? Nobody's you know really that, that I know of. No one's really been involved with them. I don't know myself. Uh, a lot of free staters are homeschoolers, so I'm not sure how many of them are too interested in sending their kids to private schools. I'm sure there are f- some, but I've not met them, so I really can't comment. But we'll open it up to uh, anybody else who wants to call in if they want to answer Joe's questions. 800-259-9231. I'm sure the private schools would be just delighted to know that they have more potential clients coming into the area. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Of course, he's talking about the Free State Project, which is a movement of thousands of liberty-minded people all converging in the same geographic location to advance liberty in our lifetime. You know, my next project as far as um, at the Keene High School is to give them a little quiz to test their knowledge. Um, where I would, What I'd like to do is ask them a lot of questions, particularly about Abraham Lincoln. And some, mm. today is Abraham Lincoln's birthday, by the way. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, some things like there's some nice quotes from Abraham Lincoln that a lot of people aren't familiar with if you read the inaugural address. And things like that. I'd love to put that in a test and have all have it be like a lot of large variety of things that you would never necessarily attribute to Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. and then have all the answers when they go check them be Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. That would be Abraham kind of Lincoln. fun. You could have <laughs> some Abraham Lincoln quotes that are really just tyrannical, and you could put like multiple choice: Who said this? Adolf Hitler, mm. uh, Abraham Lincoln, and you know Mao Zedong or something like that, and or, and, and you know just put all these bad guys up there, and then of course they're going to select Ab- Adolf Hitler or something like <laughs> right. that. Be surprised to learn Read that the, it was. Actually. Read it's very short. Read the fourth paragraph of the inaugural address of Abraham Lincoln today. Sometime ago. I, I'd encourage Can you people to a Google short, it. A short uh, summary of, oh. of what you'll find there. Well, it's like two sentences, and and uh, basically has, it, it, he expresses his attitude on slavery before, just as he's going into the presidency. And that attitude is that not what you would expect, right? Because he's held up as this great emancipator, when in point of fact. He wasn't so great, after all, as a matter of fact. he The emancip- so-called Emancipation Proclamation, didn't he only free the slaves in the South? Yes. <laughs> and a lot of people, I mean, that'll shock a lot of people right there. They'll say, well, that's the only, only the South had slaves. No, 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 no. <laughs> in fact, slavery lasted longer in the North because it was only free. You know, it wasn't until the 13th Amendment that the slaves were truly free. Because the North was on Lincoln's side, and so they got some favors right. as a result of that, right? And if you read the inaugural address, anyone who says that the Civil War was about slavery, just re- reading the inaugural address will immediately have you rethinking that. Because, uh, it, it, with, I mean, without a doubt, you know... Um, I'll sum up the inaugural address for you. I got it right here. It says, um, I have no purpose, directly or indirectly, to interfere with the institution of slavery in the states where it exists. 
I believe I have no lawful right to do so, and I have no inclination to do so. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it. so if There's anyone the who says, and then he goes on and spends the rest of his speech talking about why he's, what, you know, why if the if the South doesn't straighten up and start paying their taxes, they're going to go to civil war, and uh, and that so he's, ju- you know, he starts justifying his position to go to war with the South, and it's all about, it's it's absolutely not about slavery. He made it about slavery later. It sort of conveniently became became about slavery later, and I love when anyone who wants to say. Uh, that well, times were different then. You can't judge him by today's standards. Well, that's a completely inconsistent statement to make because you're judging the Southern slave owners by today's standards. Mm-hmm. You're judging, you're claiming that civil war was about slavery. It clearly wasn't. But when you claim that civil that civil war was about slavery, and you say, well, you forgive Abraham Lincoln for being a, a white supremacist, which he which he was, according you read his inaugural address. If you forgive Abraham Lincoln for that, then then why are you? Uh, you but and yet you're willing to to justify a war that killed like seventy thousand Americans and right. And, so Abraham Lincoln you know. gets a pass just because he was supposed to be good, and when you find out that he wasn't good, well, then you still want to give him a pass anyway to make yourself feel better. Is that the idea? It, he was he. Uh, like reinforced the institution of statism more than any other president, probably uh, more Absolutely. so it's, than even like it was FDR. a huge it was a huge increase in state power. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically said no, Draft. you can't leave this union. <clears throat> and Reinstituting so he fiat money, you know, uh, the, the the inability of, st- of states to decide whether or not they want to be in the union. Right, and now you've got Barack Obama, who is openly worshipful toward Abraham Lincoln as well as uh, FDR, and man, the stage is set for another showdown, as far as I'm concerned, and I, I hope it comes. I hope it comes to uh, secession again, except this time I hope it's peaceful. And what scares me about that is what scares me about that is we had all these, um, uh, you know, in a way, in a in a in a good way. One good thing that George Bush did is he. Is he had all these these liberal liberal is supposed to mean you know people the the tradition the classic liberal is is for freedom mm-hmm. across the board it used to mean you know opposing an intrusive government that intruded into our private lives and you had a, and it kind of re-inspired a lot of these classical liberals or, or not even classical liberals just liberals uh, and because. He he kind of showed people that what you know some really scary things when you give too much power to a presidency and or when you allow the presidency too much power and all these people were fired up and what I see happening now is Obama's coming in and I made st- statements about this on my site that Obama's going to come in and do very similar things but he's going to be forgiven for it. Yep. It's already started, hasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, he's already dropped bombs on Pakistan, and he has broken several promises. The DEA raids in California are continuing under his watch, which he claimed he was going to stop. He still claims, his administration still claims they're going to stop the raids, but they've had already six of them have uh, gone on, from what I understand, at the very least, in California. So they're already having to make excuses for this guy. And I want to say, I, I didn't... I you know I had no idea who could possibly be wor- you know who would be the worst uh the, you know do the greatest evil in the presidency before the election I don't buy, you know I don't vote personally I don't mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's my right to judge for other people who's going to lead them and control them but uh so I'm not anti Obama per se I just feel like this is I mean it's just the way this is shaping up is that is that he is bringing a lot of liberals into the fold of imperialism of the unitary so executive. It, yeah, it's going to yeah. be we're going to be uh, united to take over the world because uh, we've got this liberal president that everyone wants to get behind and they'll let him do it, get away with anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is 
Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up whatever you want, toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. Over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. We've mentioned the Free State Project a handful of times already during this program, and we should also mention that the Free State Project's Liberty Forum is coming up. It's happening in early March, March 5th through the 8th, and it's going to be at the same place it was last year, the Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire. Very nice uh, hotel. It's going to be packed full to the brim of hundreds or with hundreds of people who, like you, get the whole freedom thing. They understand liberty, and they're all going to be hanging out. There are going to be panel discussions, speeches, keynote uh, addresses, dinners, luncheons, after-hours parties. It's going to be a great time. It's, a, it's like a, a liberty convention, and it is probably the biggest and the best liberty convention you've ever attended. Highly recommend you come out. Uh, Dale, you're coming out this year, right? Oh, yeah, especially for the after-hours parties. Yep, there, yeah. that was fun last time, and uh, the, the, the lineup of speakers has shifted, I would say. Uh, from my observation, has shifted a little bit. Last year, there was a protest that went on during the Liberty Forum by some of the more voluntarist uh, members of the Free State Project, those who are completely, like, like myself and Dale, uh, completely against the idea of an authoritarian state. Right. Uh, I was part of that protest, actually. I was doing my radio show at the time, but we did interview uh, Menno, who was one of the protesters on the program. But the protest essentially was because the Free State Project had invited a politician to come and speak as one of the keynote addresses. This time around, that won't be happening. Uh, This time around, they've brought in Dr. Mary Ruart to be doing one of the keynote addresses. Uh, Richard Heller will also be there from the Heller versus D.C. gun case. Uh, And uh, wrapping things up, uh, Stefan Molnu will be the closing speaker. This was just announced a few days ago, and so... Clearly, plus uh, Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land, also another outside-the-system kind of guy. Uh, there's definitely a outside-the-system, market-based tinge I, to the spe- uh, speech- speakers this year. Yeah, last year, I, I, I bought a full pass last year, and I only went to one speaker. I went to see Barry Cooper, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, he was really He's a, cool. trip. He's a great, yeah. entertaining speaker. But um, And then, I, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't sure if I would even buy a pass this year. I figured I'd go to the hotel and do the parties and everything, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to see any speakers. And I started watching the, speech, the speaker lineup. And uh, and I and I quickly changed my mind. I and I bought a full pass. So. Well, it was. I mean, it was a it was a presidential election year last year, and so I mean, I can see why they had more uh, political emphasis at that time. Pete Ayer is going to be there from Bureaucrash. We talked about Bureaucrash a few moments ago as well. Uh, so lots to see, lots to do, and of course, for those of you that are into the political thing, there's still plenty of that going on. Uh, a lot of uh, different groups will be represented there at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. So head over to freestateproject.org/slash. Forum to get more information and to get signed up. I believe the, there's a hotel special that ends in three days. The 15th is the last day you can get. It's either the last day or maybe it's the 14th that's the last day. Anyway, the hotel special is about to go away. So if you want to save a few bucks on your room, you should get over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and get all the details and get signed up. Also, you can save 10% on the Liberty Forum itself by using our discount code which is 2009FTL, 2009FTL, to save 10% on the upcoming 2009 Liberty Forum. We'll be broadcasting live, by the way, which is good news. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Dave, listening in Athens, Ohio. Dave, you're listening to WAIS and Free Talk Live. 
Hi, guys. I got three things, and I'll be real quick. First off, I heard today on Alex Jones that he was interviewing Russell Means. Oh, really? And I miss what they said, but Alex Jones is more into the conspiracy, the uh, government, secret governments, like yes, the guy is. from Scotland was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I watched X-Files, and they had shadow governments in the... Yes, yeah, shadow government is a very X Files y sounding thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So was that and, wait, was uh, that all three or there are we at only more. past one? Okay, one more. And a friend of mine on MySpace wrote a thing from Young Jesse about how drug dealers get more of a penalty than your rapists, and I wrote my friend back and I agreed with him. It is. Uh, it's a sad truth, uh, but yes, if you are caught growing marijuana or selling marijuana or any other drug, you very well could end up at the brunt of a minimum sentence, what they call a mandatory minimum sentence, which in many times, uh, many instances, can be five, ten, fifteen years. It usually depends on how much weight of product or how many plants you're looking at uh, as far as in the the charges. But those mandatory minimums can very quickly outrun people who are convicted of uh, rape, arson, and murder. Yeah, what I wrote back was a child molester gets less time than a dope dealer. Probably true and so sad. I thank you, Dave, for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. It's really, it's an absolute outrage. I mean, who could look at that? Even, uh, Even a drug warrior. Could a drug warrior even look at that sentencing discrepancy and say, well, that's the way it should be. We need to be putting more of these drug users in jail for 10 years and let those murderers and rapists out earlier. Yep, Come that's, on. That's what's going on in California. It's the weirdest thing. They're letting the, the violent people out in California? Well, they're letting, they, they, well, they've been ordered to let people out. They don't, at this point, I don't know who they're going to let out. They'll probably put together some sort of, you know, now that it's gotten to be a big problem, they mm-hmm. have to let a bunch more people out rather than uh, handling the problem all along by, well, not locking up people for pot. Whenever there's a budget cut, like there are a potential for a budget cut like that, which you'll see governments do, and I saw this happen in my own uh, city. I was in uh, Culver City, and there was uh, they were trying to pass a law, or sorry, they were going trying to reduce a tax on. Uh, we had like the highest uh, tax on utilities in the whole state, and and um, it was like 10 or 11 percent, and most most places either had none or they had maybe two percent tax on utilities. And uh, they were trying to lower that tax, and what the states did is they, they started threatening to cut the most crucial programs first. You know, they of weren't course. they weren't going to go out go after the silly little frivolous things that a lot of people don't even know they're paying for. They won't they don't mention that. They mention oh we'll have to cut the fire department and mm-hmm. the police force and education. And so of course, right. what is California going to threaten to do if their if their budget for prisons or if their prisons are over full and they want more prisons they want funding for more prisons? What are they going to say? They're going to start talking about how they they're going to start threatening talking about releasing the violent criminals, which is of course absurd when there's yep. plenty of nonviolent criminals they could let go. But they want budget. They want money for more prisons. They want to to grow the state. So yep, it's it's an observation that is spot on across the board when it comes to governments. Whenever it is, uh, they're looking at cutting. They always make it sound like the world will collapse if you ju- if this happens. We're going to turn criminals into the streets. The children aren't going to get their health care. Uh, the police are going to have to be fired. You're not going to have protection. Everything's going to burn down. And they try to just paint this picture of a world gone mad. But in many cases. Uh, when the government shutdowns actually occur, when, for instance, uh, in a state government, they can't come to an agreement on the state budget and they actually have to shut down the government, everybody gets by just fine when those <laughs> things happen. 
So it's really not scary at all, having no government around. It really isn't, because if the government were to just disappear tomorrow, the market would figure it out. The marketplace uh, and the people in search of profit would step up, and they would provide the necessary services in order to keep things operating. I think we'd have a bumpy little ride to transition, because it's a change, and then it would readjust and be a lot better off. Of course, odds are good. It's not going to just all disappear tomorrow, so we'll probably have to... uh, get rid of some here and there as time goes on most likely i'd like to see it all just disappear over a weekend but that's probably an unrealistic fantasy yeah 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line you can bring up what you want this is free talk live this program is brought to you by freekeen.com Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us, including live streams, broadband, dial-up, and webcam versions of the show are all completely free for you. Waiting at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. You know email is not secure, but hey, privacy's dead anyway, right? Well, wrong. Introducing PrivacyHarbor.com, an easy-to-use, secure email alternative that's guaranteed. You can sign up for a free account today at PrivacyHarbor.com because normal email is not secure. That's PrivacyHarbor.com. 800-259-9231. Continuing with your phone calls, we go to Illinois and the amp line where John is waiting. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, I'd just like to quickly just say that I'm quickly becoming a big fan of Dale. Dale is a uh, good well-spoken, guy. spoken very articulate. Thank you. Very um, good. Just to get to my point, I've been thinking about this question probably a, a few weeks now, and I guess it goes like this. Which is actually worse uh, for the United States? Uh, is it worse for the government to actually spend uh, money on the military, or is it worse to spend money domestically? That is, like, domestic programs like welfare and health care. Well, you know, um, being a, an ethnic Republican, um, I sort of come from the idea that, uh, well, the military is good because at the, at the very least, if it's a government program, we're making people work for their money. But, you know, I, I, they're killing people as a part of that work. Um, you know, they kill people and blow things up. That's their job uh, in the military. So if I'm, if I'm going to have people work for their money, I don't want them working to do that. So I'm I'm really I don't know which one's worse. I you know, I don't think they're good. I think that uh, at the very least a um you know, if you're just spending money at home on domestic programs, you're not engendering hatred around the world and people don't want to kill us. That's I'm glad you brought it up because I've sort of brought this up on, you know, in discussions recently is I think people underestimate the damage of imperialism on I mean, you've got the money being taken out of our economy either way which is always harmful. People always underestimate the harm done by taxation. But you've got money coming out of our economy. And the, and the real taxation, by the way, is based on spending. Uh, it, whether we're paying for it with debt, with, uh, with the economic repercussions of the spending, uh, I mean, that's the, that's the true gauge of taxation. One way or another, but, but we don't have to pay for everything we spend. I think you know? people don't realize when it comes to domestic spending. And, and that comes when government competes with private business. 
it not just competes and pushes them out of business because they don't care about a loss, but um, they actually just push the scarce resources away. So you're losing out not just by building a bomb and the bomb explodes. At least it doesn't take away our freedom to at least exist, to profit from our own devices. Well, of course, the reality of the situation, as you well know, is that both are happening. That the money is being spent domestically to brainwash the young children of the United States and to, as you're saying, compete unfairly with business because government doesn't care about losses. It's doing all of those things and much more uh, domestically, and it's going around the world blowing people up. So you've got the worst of both worlds. And it's not like we really have the choice um, when you grow. I mean, war is the health of the state. It doesn't. If if we have a state, it is going to want to. War, and you know it doesn't. You know maybe you can get a politician like this one that perhaps sounds a little bit less like he wants to kill people than the other guy. Although you know I'm I'm still jury's still out as to how much he wants to kill people. Um, you know I I don't think you can avoid with with a growing state. I don't think you can avoid war. But I, I think I think me and you, Mark, um, argue from I guess I'm also coming from the Republican sort of uh, party, and I guess Dale is too. But I always figured that. At the very least, I'm pro-individual and against the state, but if there is going to be a state, we're going to have to have a military to protect people in Zimbabwe or to protect people in Germany in in World War II or now North Korea. And at least with the military, I may be playing devil's advocate, but at least there's a positive viewpoint in that respect. I don't really see any positive viewpoint in government spending domestically. I don't see. No, I, I don't, see I don't really know why. Occupying. Whoa, whoa, slow, that, slow down. Yeah, slow down. You know, occupying the, another country is not positive in any respect. I mean, you would not feel good about well, the red Chinese setting up a military base down the street from your house, would you? No. No. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think that's why it sort of looks really, really scary. The military, the fact that the military spending is coming out of our budgets and that's harming us economically, and it's also doing real visible harm. Uh, it's making terrorists hate us more. Uh, which is, I'm not saying that justifies the terrorism. It certainly doesn't. I'm just saying that just from a practical standpoint, you know, we are making people more angry by invading, by being, sure. by occupying their countries and things like that. The other thing that uh, I, th- I would say, if you want to talk about domestic spending and how harmful it can be, the drug war. Is right. pro- quite possibly the, I think, the most harmful thing the government is doing in terms to Americans, and I, I just think the costs are. There's so many hidden costs to it. I mean, the actual right. dollar cost of the drug war does, may not amount to much, but if you look at the fact that we are locking up like three percent of the population at one, one three percent of the population has been locked up for some period of time, and uh, at any point in time we have more people locked up than anywhere else. I, I can't imagine the economic repercussions of of not not just the cost to keep those people in prison, but but how much crime that creates later because they're so much more likely to get involved in crime later, and they're not being productive when they're in prison. And, and so when you look at um, socialism is definitely harmful. There's no doubt about that. You look at countries in Europe that are socialist, and yet they seem so much more peaceful and prosperous than us in many ways. I mean, it kind of you know, it depends on the area you're talking about, but in some ways they're, they do seem to be better off. And I think you, you, know, you have to look – I look at the uh, – you know, there are other factors besides the fact that they're socialists, obviously – is you know, they don't have like the immense drug war that we have. I mean, they might be drugs might be illegal, but look at how how hard do they enforce that? How hard do they punish people for it? Uh, how much but, money do they spend on how many people are in prison? And if you look at these you know these socialist countries, they don't lock up as many people as America does. Could could you sympathize with? I know I kind of sound like a fascist in this sense, but could you kind of sympathize with the fact that oh look what's going on in North Korea? We should stop that. We should. Um, you know, in the 50s, we should try to prevent this atrocity called communism. Do you have any sympathy with trying to prevent 
real clear danger to other countries that clearly can't protect themselves. What was the real clear danger in Korea and uh, North Vietnam? Well, from my understanding, it was, I guess, the, the classical theory of, spread, of, of spread communism. communism. How, how, how did we theory. do? Uh, I, from North Korea, it looks like we tied. Um, North Korea, we tied. Okay. Um, how about uh, Vietnam? Uh, I don't. I think Vietnam is capitalist now, so. But so, I'm not sure so you think exactly that was a, a result of the war? Or do you think that um, cap, that communism continued to spread as a res, uh, you know afterwards? Do you think that we engendered a great deal of hatred in Southeast Asia? Sure. Okay. I think that uh, I think that those wars, uh, in my opinion, were failures. Um, I think that you can look to the European theater of World War II as a success. Um, I I wouldn't look at, at the um, you know the Asian theater of World War II as a, particularly a success. Um, but you know you can't find too many wars where there's a success. I mean, when you've got a villain like Adolf Hitler running around, you can really point to that and say, "Whoa, look, we, get, we saved the Jews. We got the Jews, yay!" You know, and 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 I. You know, I'm not going to say that that was a bad result. I am going to say, however, that if we hadn't been involved in World War One, it wouldn't have happened in the first place. So I don't think you can point to a lot of evidence. Yes, you can point to some bad things happening in the world, but I don't think you can point to a lot of evidence that sending in our guys with guns to blow crap up fixes it. Right, and nobody invaded China to force them to go more capitalist, and they've gone more capitalist as Vietnam right. has done. Uh, so nobody have fought a war. No Americans fought a war in China over communism, and look what's happening. It's just that they see the benefits people of allowing to people to be more free, free right. to make these decisions. I think it's really hard to be productive with violence. That is, that's pretty counterintuitive. And if you analyze, like Mark said, if you analyze what we did in World War One and how it led to things in World War Two. Then, then it really starts to be hard to justify, you know, who who can predict all the ramifications of the things we're doing, and 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 if you look at the little amount of success versus all the ramifications that rippled out of it, it becomes really hard to sort of go against that intuitively obvious sense of being productive with violence. Well, no, I, I can understand. Uh, why let him pop in, please. I mean, well, I just want to just say quickly, another great example would be Germany. I mean, a clear-cut case was West versus East Germany, East being uh, taken over by communism and West being taken over by the free people and, and the success that they actually had versus their neighbors. I think it's easy to sit there and say that you think certain things should be done uh, because you believe that's the right thing to do. The problem is you cannot create a right by going and wronging a bunch of people in order to, uh, to, to generate the funds. If you want to go and save a certain uh, class of people from extinction around the world, I think you should be free to do that. Just don't coerce me into participating. Right. Thank you for the call. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com, helping us get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and help expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Uh, and don't have uh, – I can't announce all the details today, but it looks like we're getting a pretty big, uh, pretty popular news station going you know, to be coming on board for the Saturday show. I can't say anything more than that, but 
More to come as time goes on and as the amplifiers continue to send us three bucks a month, we'll keep bringing on new stations and helping introduce new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to join the AMP program and you'll get perks like access to the AMP only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, all available for you at amp.freetalklive.com. You know, last night we talked about the situation that is developing quite quickly in this country, and that is with the teenagers of America and their habit of doing sexting, which now, again, I'm still not sure if sexting is what the teens call it. I think it may simply be the the term, the cutesy little term the news media has made up for it. But essentially, it's the idea of teenagers taking pictures of themselves naked or partially nude and sending those pictures to one another over their cell phones uh, because it's apparently pretty easy to just blast out a bunch of uh, pictures to your friends if you've got one of those the new data-connected phones. So this is happening more and more often as teenagers, parents tend to buy their teenagers cell phones so they can have them in touch at all times. Or teenagers and it's not like you can buy a cell phone now that uh, you know just does calls. Yeah, it has, to, it has to have MP3 players and cameras and right. all kinds of other gizmos. So as a result of that, kids are sexting one another and getting caught and being brought up on child pornography charges. And therefore, once that happens, that means they're stuck in the sex offender system for the rest of their lives. It's an incredible tragedy what's going on here. And of course, it's the sex offender system and the whole legal, uh, just the whole legal system in general is messed up. Because obviously, to me, it seems pretty clear if there's no victim, there's no crime, but yet, for whatever reason, someone taking a naked picture of their uh, 15-year-old girlfriend is child pornography. It's really just a crazy world that we're, we're living in here. Uh, but putting these kids in the sex offender system is even worse than if it was just a crime all by itself, because now they are labeled a sex offender for the rest of their lives. It makes it very you difficult to do job. You pointed out the ridiculous hypocrisy of it, too. The, presumably, this is to protect children because they right. are not capable of consent. They are not being treated like adults for the purpose of consenting, but they are being treated like adults for the purpose of punishing, it's, which makes no sense at all. That's really the most confusing. absurd hypocrisy. And so there's more news here. As we've seen with these, uh, with these sex offender tracking systems, they've become worse over time. As all government programs expand to do things that are uh, sometimes, in many, to- in many cases, contrary to their original purpose, they expand. They become more, uh, more expansive and more expensive and more intrusive. And indeed, the sex offender program is the same way, with apparently it now expanding into the bizarre Here's a story from Austin, KXAN reporting. A DelVal parent is filing a grievance with her school district, saying the system intended to track sex offenders has now been flagging her for being rude to a staff member at school. Jessica Rodriguez, parent in the school district, said she went to school for her son's Christmas party. To get in, she scanned her driver's license into the school's sex offender tracking system. She said they scanned my ID and told me I had a red flag. Rodriguez said the system red-flagged her by saying she was rude to a staff member. It's a claim that she denies. Rodriguez says the system should be used for child molesters and drug dealers to keep them away from our kids, but not because you're rude. It's not even true. It never happened. The director of the Texas Civil Rights Project said he'll write a letter to the school board regarding the case, saying that the school violated her right to see her own child. According to Jim Harrington, the director of the Texas Civil Rights Project, she's banned and she's on their banned list. It's totally arbitrary and it's totally wrong. He said that schools should not track parents based upon their personality. 
Harrington also said that they don't pay attention to the free speech rights of the parents, and they in fact infringe upon them, and they make it more difficult for the parents and the children. Spokes bureaucrat for the school board said the district will not comment on specific cases. Any parent who becomes violent or threatening will be banned due to the safety of the staff and students. But this parent didn't have any notification of the fact that this information was being entered into the system. Claims it didn't happen. She claims it didn't happen. She wasn't given the opportunity to in any way contradict this so information. So she's been punished without, a, um, without due process. That's correct. And it's in the sex offender registry. That's where this information is Gee, being placed. I wonder placed. if her name could get, uh, you know, bebopped up the line to, be, you know, where she's considered a sex offender uh, elsewhere. It's very well possible. Apparently, they don't have a specific board policy that allows school staff to enter information into the system, but said the school's Raptor system allows a manual override to input various Raptor? information. They love that. The government loves that crap. Names of uh, <laughs> violent, dangerous things uh, to turn into acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> They were really nasty in Jurassic Park. Yeah, they were scary, <laughs> scary, scary things in Jurassic Park. So apparently this system allows a manual override to input various information about parents. She said there's not a specific time period a parent will remain in the system. So that means that this information about Ms. Rodriguez is in there for an indefinite period of time. Uh, in addition, Rodriguez was able to finally pick up her son at school, uh, the elementary school on Friday, but was not able to get past the office. As other parents left the school with their children for the holiday break, Rodriguez was left to reflect on what will happen when she comes back to school after the holidays are over, saying that I shouldn't have to be banned from the school based on something I didn't do. According to the company, Raptor's visitor management and screening technology system is working by helping thousands of schools and community facilities across the nation. According to the guy that, uh, apparently the vice president of Raptor Technologies Incorporated, he says Raptor's vSoft is working just as it was designed by effectively and efficiently managing the data and alerts compiled by each individual campus. Many schools across the nation use the Raptor system to keep record of any domestic dispute offenders, such as custody, uh, custody disputes, restraining orders, and any other identified trespassers who may come into contact with students. Policies of the data management are left to the discretion of the individual campuses. So he's saying, hey, our, our software is doing what we designed it to do. It's not our fault if these bureaucrats are using it to write notes about parents that are resulting in them showing up in the sex offender registry. So there you have yet another example of the sex offender registry just going way beyond what it was originally intended to do. To the point of where a parent went in, and let's say that let's say she's not telling the full truth right. here. Maybe she was rude. <laughs> Maybe can you imagine you have a, uh, an encounter with some uh, some surly bureaucrats at your son's government school or your daughter's government school, and uh, bureaucrats right. who in many cases are very rude on their own. You might ones get a little you, rude back. Ones that you imagine that you pay their paychecks, so they should uh, treat yeah. you with some kind of respect. Right. Yeah. I thought it was you know I thought it was bad when people who are urinating in, in uh, outdoors. We're being on sex offender registries, but now just being rude to a teacher. Let's exactly. <laughs> now you, uh, if you say something they don't like, it's kind of like with uh, some restaurants or some fast food places, like a pizza delivery place. They've got a little info field on each customer, so when you call up, it comes up, your phone yeah. number comes up into the computer, and if you don't ever tip, it might say, doesn't tip in the info field there, or whatever other useful information they'll have. And that's great in the private marketplace because, you know, a private uh, seller should be able to say, uh, we see here that you don't tip. Sorry, we don't want your business. Click. They should or, be able to make Or they decisions. could put you lowest on the priority list as far as delivery yeah. or something like that. I mean, that's what a tip means. It's to ensure ch- prompt Promise. service. Yeah. So 
well, you don't get prompt service. But whatever. I mean, the privateer should be able to make those decisions for themselves. But in this case, the government purports itself to be a servant of the people if they purport to be your servants. But yet, clearly, if you offend them, your information goes into their system without your knowledge, without your ability to even challenge it. Not that that would make it that much better, but at least then, Ms. Uh, what's-her-name, Ms. Rodriguez would, would have known in advance that she wouldn't be able to go and pick up her own son from a school event. I mean, and, and the fact that we're even to the point, I mean, I was kind of blown away by the fact that this woman had to scan her driver's license to even get in. I mean, it's just, th- these really are little prisons, aren't they? <laughs> uh, yeah. Do they have, are they going to start setting up the phone blocks where you've got the glass, the plexiglass in between like, you and your son? It's going to be like Gattaca getting into the high schools before long. <laughs> it's really just a frightening situation, isn't it? So that's where we are today. What's next? Where's the sex offender registry going from here? I'm telling you, they're going to start putting in drug dealers. They're going to, they've already got a drug dealer registry somewhere out there. I think it's Tennessee that's got it. But they, they're going to start putting in violent criminals. They're going to start putting in drug dealers. They're going to start putting in drug users. Before you know it, everybody and their grandma is going to have an entry in some sort of governmental crime registry. Well, if they've got a uh, school registry that they're, you know, sex offender registry they're using for, you know, people that are surly with bureaucrats, why wouldn't the, wouldn't the rest of the bureaucrats want to know that information? Why wouldn't they combine their databases together? I mean, don't yeah. they want to know who, who doesn't... Uh, toe the line and kiss the butt, um, you know, polish the ring of the, those that are in power? Toll-free number 800-259-9231. We are uh, supposed to talk about slavery here in a bit, and we'll take your calls about whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts, they like to charge for the features on their website. I would suggest that Free Talk Live gives away more for free than those other shows even charge for. Go and see for yourself and decide for yourself at freetalklive.com. Enjoy it all on us. As we continue with your phone calls, and coming up, we'll talk slaves. But first, we go to Evan in Michigan. Evan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hello? Hey, Evan, you're on the air. How's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Um, uh, I was calling because um, I'm having a debate with a couple of my friends. Um, I just first want to ask you guys, like, have you guys heard about that Cato Institute thing? Cato Institute is a think tank, a a supposedly libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C. I've I've heard critique that they aren't as libertarian as maybe they once were, sort of like the Libertarian Party. (laughs) Uh, But, yes, I have heard of Cato. Yeah, they... um, they recently took out an ad in a bunch of newspapers, uh, basically um, saying that they were against the stimulus package. Um, I'm not. I'm sure you guys are all pretty much against it, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I sent a link to the video they put up on YouTube uh, about it uh, to some of my friends just to get their opinions on it, and uh, some of them were calling, you know, the Cato Institute like. Uh, basically crazy. They don't know what they're talking about when it comes to economics and the fact that they had 250 
economic professors around the country who agreed with them signed this uh, or endorsed their, uh, their ad, you know, and I just wanted to get your opinion on like uh, the Cato Institute. And one of the guys that I sent this to is a part of the green party or he's for like Ralph Nader okay. or whatever. And he's like all about like the government, like, uh, one, and then he was like, I sent it to him and he signed it back saying the government does plenty of great things, roads, uh, I guess you would support toll roads, the internet, clean water, libraries, social security, fire, firefighters, and on and on. All these things have proven terribly ineffective when they, when left to the free market. I'll, uh, and he's like, I'll add more in a bit. Like, I don't know. That's interesting because most like, firefighting uh, institutions are volunteer firefighter organizations, so a lot of them are free market already. Well, they're m- largely the volunteer organizations are funded coercively, though. Um, okay. So they, they're 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 volunteers. Like for instance, the station that I volunteer at, we're not paid, but all the equipment, all the really expensive equipment that we use, are is paid for um, coercively. Okay. You know, um, the it's not fair to compare um, firefighters of the eight. 1880s to firefighters of 2009 um, when you know there are private there are private firefighting companies in this country True. likely your friend doesn't know anything about them because I didn't know much about them and I look for these kind of things um, that are quite successful do it just fine and you know that uh, firefighting is absolutely something that the that um, you know can be done more efficiently by the free market but nobody knows this because well largely we have coercive uh, coercively funded fire departments yeah the fire departments that are run by the government would not like it if somebody came into town and started offering competition for their services and plus it'd be hard for the competitor to get the average household to sign on because they're already paying so much in taxes yeah it's really it's like it's it's i'm surprised there are even as many private schools as there are considering that everybody is forced to pay for the public schools already i mean how many people want to go out and compete against that it's like your 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 competitors are are having are are allowed to just take the money for their survival and you're having to compete with that and convince people without coercion without threats of violence to pay you for some service that you're, they're already paying for. But let's that's let's, a tough that's the tough ballpark. I'd to like get to into. focus in on the uh, the conflict here because what our caller is pointing out uh what what uh, Evan is uh, saying here is he's in this discussion with his friends about this and and they're naming off all of kind of the typical government services right. that they believe are valuable and it's just like you were saying last hour Dale that whenever government is about to shut down or there's some sort of problem with funding they they are always going to, you know, shut off the fire department first, and it's those same services that everybody seems to attribute uh, that government must do. That government has to do these certain things: roads, fire, police, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so that's kind of what they're uh, they're mouthing off. They may be with you on ending the war in Iraq, but the idea of ending a government-funded uh, education system would uh, it would be like heresy to them. And so you can approach this from a, a number of different ways. And I think one of them is most. I think one of them is the most effective. Let me run down. The basic two ways you can approach this. Number one is you can go and spend a lot of time doing a bunch of research on private schools, private firefighting, private policing, you know, market-based solutions to all of these government-run programs that we currently have today. And you could probably you could you could enter into the fray with your statistics, and then you'll go up against their statistics, and you can fight it out forever. Or you can just point out the gun in the room, and you can show these uh, friends of yours how it is that. Look, I agree with you. I like the idea of having fire protection. I agree with you. I like the idea of having a clean environment. I agree with you. I like the idea of, you know, whatever it is. You, If you agree with them as far as what the ends are, you want people to be educated. You want uh, people to be protected. Yes, I'm with you. However, 
What I disagree with you on is I am not willing to hurt my neighbors. I'm not willing to threaten my friends and my neighbors with violence in order to fund my favorite programs. I would much rather see these things being done on a voluntary basis, being funded on a voluntary basis, and try to show them how, while they may have the best of intentions, their intentions are being funded by coercion and Show them the gun in the room, and if they really are the liberals that they sound like they are, they will be absolutely horrified by that. Wouldn't it be better? Isn't it possible that we can fund these organizations like uh, fire departments and all these other great organizations out there? And there's lots of great organizations that are vol- that are funded voluntarily, and we wouldn't have to threaten to take people's houses away if they didn't want to be participate. You could right. bring up something like this. You could say, I mean, again, if you're talking with liberals, are you? It sounds like you are. Yeah, they're pretty liberal. So they're not going to like things like police violence. Like, they may tout the police as something the government should do, but they probably aren't going to like it when they hear about people being uh, abused by the police. So you could bring up an instance of police abuse, and you could say, well, let's just say this is going on in our town, and I decide that I no longer wish to fund the police as a result of this. I mean, I like the idea of being protected, but I don't feel like I'm being protected by them. I feel like I'm being put in danger by them. So I'd like to just stop funding them. However, if I do that, eventually they're going to come and throw me out of my house because they're going to steal my house at a tax sale, and then they're going to evict me from my own home. And this is, again, presuming you own the home. Uh, but right. you know, you give them an example and say, look, I want to opt out of this. What, will you, what would you do to me as a result of that? What would you have done to me if I wanted to opt out of this program and support the, uh, the things that I wanted to support with my money? And just kind of let them sit and, and ruminate on that for a moment and, and then wait until and, and see what they respond. Uh, see how they respond. I mean, gents, do you think that that's a good approach, or how would you modify that? Absolutely. I think you can go back and forth forever talking about statistics and right. things if, like that. If, if they want to play the statistics game um, on how government works and how it is, tell them to call Free Talk Live with their favorite <laughs> government program. Mm. Because I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to talk about the government program that works. I want to hear about the one that works. I'd love Maybe to talk to I somebody would, about but it. I'm sure they're too scared to. That's, that's the reason. It's like no. when you... You put them against down this, and they don't know what to do, so they just don't say anything. I, so. I'm... T- I'm totally an idea guy, though. Like Ian really uh, described it well. I think uh, you know people want me. I don't. I don't read much uh, in terms of like uh, the old, you know, Sanders Spooner and and all the all the philosophers of liberty. I haven't read a lot of that, to be honest. I mean, most of the stuff I've I talk about on my blog and I write comics about and stuff like that. It just comes from 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 like my own logical conclusions based on you know just looking at looking at it logically. And so, to me, that set that that's un, that undermines everything else. I don't care what kind of statistics you have. Like Ian said, you know, you point out the gun in the room, and and all those statistics sort of seem really, really trivial. It, then it's then it's down to right and wrong. Then it's down to their moral system and defining exactly what it is. Are their programs so valuable that they are willing to throw families out into the street over them? Are they willing to put you in a jail cell in order to continue having you be obedient? Uh, to their programs, to funding their programs. And if you can get them to see the gun in the room and get them to really think about it, that's when the gears will start turning. Now, they're not going to bow down on bended knee in front of you and say, oh, thank you, thank you, Evan, for bringing this up and pointing this out. I've been waiting my whole life for this message. They're probably not going to respond in that way. You might get some silence. You might be getting so you might get an uncomfortable response. You might get an initial rejection. But if, you've put the, if you point out the gun in the room, that's something that can get people thinking. 
thinking. And you know what? In the long run, even if they embrace the gun in the room, even if they tell you, yes, Evan, I want to put you in a jail cell, well, now you know not to be friends with that person in the future. <laughs> Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. More on the way. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken their validated photos and sent them into the show to prove they listen to the program. You can see what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. And lady listeners, uh, you are invited to be a part of the Shrine. Get all the details at shrine.freetalklive.com. If you haven't done your will yet, shame on you. Get it done. LegalZoom.com. You can save 10 bucks off your off your order using code FTL. It's fast. It's easy. I've done it. You'll save your loved ones a world of trouble if something happens to you when you don't expect it and you never expect it. LegalZoom.com. Code FTL. All right, we continue here with your phone calls. Actually, no, we don't because Paula dropped off the line. Anyway, 800-259-9231 is the number. I said we were going to talk about slavery. And a few days ago on the show, I actually read one of your articles, Dale, from anarchyinyourhead.com, your blog site, uh, also your cartoon site, that people should certainly go and take a look at. But one of the recent uh, posts that you put up there was about the slave test. Now, can you recap for our listeners what the slave test is? Yeah, I think I can summarize it pretty quickly. Basically, the slave, the way you t- uh, take the slave test to determine, in fact, if you're a slave is you just act as if you're free. So if anyone issues any, any commands to you, just politely decline to obey them. So, if, for instance, if someone sends you a bill for something you didn't order, don't pay it. If someone, like uh, property taxes. If someone's flashing blue lights at you from behind and insisting that you pull over, just... Just wave and politely decline to follow that order. And if and if no violence is, you know, and continue to disobey politely, and if at no point violence is never threatened against you, uh, then you are free. You are not a slave, in fact. Yeah, I've You'll test- be lucky if it's only threatened. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so, that's exactly it. Yeah, I've <laughs> taken the slave test a few times, and uh, it, it, it's quite clear that we're slaves. Quite so, crystal clear. Uh, you know, I, I've, been, I've been struggling with this term slave that we've been talking about here, and I... I just it's hard to it's hard to agree with, right? Because you don't want to you don't want to see yourself in that light in sort of the same way that the city councilors around here don't want to see themselves as being part of an aggressive violent or a violent monopoly. They'll they'll admit to aggressing, uh, but they they won't see that as violence. So it's really uh, it's kind of a cognitive well, dissonance. Thing, I, isn't I'd it? like to get I I don't think it is a cognitive dissonance, and I'd like to talk to you about the definition of a slave okay. and versus what the definition of a, a serf is, uh, mm-hmm. for instance. I'm getting I'm kind of liking the term serf. Um, it's a step up from slave and but not much. So I, to me, a slave is defined by the inability, like, uh, you know, it's at, at its core is the inability to go where you want to go. Um, you, like you have to stay in one essentially geographic area and follow orders. Um, you don't. That's what a serf is? That's what a slave is. A slave is. A slave has to say, stay in a single geographic area, essentially, um, whether that geographic area centers around an individual or whether it's on a, a plot of land. Does that sound right to you? Go ahead with what you have to say, and okay. I will rebut. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have my own rebuttal. I'll let him finish and first. And that slave also has to do what they're told. And, you know, to some extent we have to do what we're told, but to some extent we don't have to do what we're told. I don't have to go to work. I could choose to be to live on the dole if I wanted to. Um, and I can leave the country if I so choose. I will have to go yet another plantation, if you want to use the slave analogy, but... You know, I mean, that couldn't, that wouldn't happen in this time of chattel slavery, and that's what the term slave draws up for people is sort of chattel slavery. I see what you're saying that that's what it draws up, um, and I would say that things aren't that much different today. 
And we are talking about slavery as a definition, not what it necessarily draws up in people's minds. Well, and I it, think that we need to draw the necessary links to show people how things aren't really that much different from well, back in the I 1800s. I like to compare it to chattel slavery because if you look at slaves, for instance, on a plantation in the South, as a, that's a really classic image of slavery that people that draws up in people's minds. You did have different categories of slaves. You had like a how, the house slave you mm-hmm. versus the, the field slave and things like that. And you were given and they were given varying degrees of 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 a limited amount of freedom according to sure. their master's um kindness and generosity they might they might be treated a little bit better they might get better rations they might get better quarters they might have a little more personal free time uh and and so all these things vary they might to, be taught to read <laughs> right and all these things vary to the degree that their master allowed it it was totally their master's whim yes and I think that is still the case today. You can have your freedom completely taken away from you if you disobey. If master you doesn't like you. can be in jail. In fact, we, we, as I said earlier, they love to lock people up in this country. And they could trade you back in the 1800s. If you were a slave, you could be traded to a different master for a different purpose. And he could, you know, you might get a few donkeys in, uh, in receipt uh, as a result of that or whatever the deal would have been. So you would have been able to be traded in the same way that when you leave the country, you are effectively being traded not as overtly not at you know some sort of slave auction necessarily but effectively you are being traded in that they know they're going to get people from that country coming in uh to replace you essentially i, I would contend that in fact what they've done is they have mastered i mean what if, if anything the the process of enslaving people has, has been has been um made incredibly efficient and, and, and effective for the people who are benefiting from from that slavery. So let's so. talk about um, serfdom then real quick. Now, um, a serf would, under, to my understanding of the definition, a serf would be able, allowed to, you know, stop doing his job um, and, you know, not do farming. He would likely starve um, if he did decided not to do the farming. He's bound, supposedly mm-hmm. serfs are bound to the land. Um, and essentially that means they are uh, sharecroppers. And they, but he would be able to cease he would be able to cease living in the kingdom. He could walk to another kingdom if he so chose. Um, there's, you know, the borders being very uh, porous at that time. He could go from one place to another. He could, uh, you know, work as a helping a blacksmith out if that's what he wanted to do. He could a serf could go where he wanted to go, and not if he's attached to the land. Uh, right. What I'm telling you is, I, I defined what a um, what bound to the land means. Bound to the land means that he's essentially a sharecropper. So he has to produce on the land, and then a portion of his production. Stops producing. The he's land not does bound. not belong. Right. The land does not belong to him. It belongs to the king, and his um, his work allows him to reap, uh, you know, to, to to reap the harvest, a portion of it, and then the king takes a portion for being the the landlord. Make sense? According to the dictionary.com definition, a serf is a person in, con- in a condition of servitude required to render services to a lord, commonly attached to the lord's land, and transferred with it from one owner to another. Definition number two, a slave. Right. Um, the, uh, these so, are very, <laughs> talking about short, semantics here. Very, very, it is very short definitions. If you, you ha- why don't you look in Wikipedia as to what a serf is? Opposed well, to it's Wikipedia's. getting into semantics. I think well, that I don't people, think you're, I don't think... Uh, do you really want to you have an understanding of slavery that the, 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 the average person understands? Words, is words you're are Important. You are, are threatened to. You are, are. You must obey under threat of violence. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And 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 it is, and I would say that also has to be institutionalized. If it's if a criminal comes up to you and threatens you with a gun to hand over your wallet, then he is. You are being threatened to obey. But you're that's like his a single brief, briefly. Yeah, I mean, 
it, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a he single instance of crime, me. but it would be hard to call that slavery because it hasn't really been institutionalized. I think what we have now has absolutely been institutionalized. I would concur with you on that point, and I, I realize that it's arguing about semantics, but I, di- I, I think that there's a, a fine line difference between what a serf is and what a slave is, and I think that what you're going to do is you're going to confuse people, get them caught up in if you say, well, you're a slave. And no, I'm not. Well, I think it, you I know, can it, do this. I can do that. Slaves can't do those I things. I think serfs, uh, you know, traditional serfs were probably more free than we are today because they weren't tracked. I mean, this, they, like you said, they could, they could go and be a serf somewhere else. Uh, that's actually harder to do today because countries are watching their borders and Depends assigning numbers to people and giving them IDs that they have to carry around and identify themselves so they can be tracked by government. So it's a lot harder to, to go from one plantation to another. You can some people and go choose, be, under this, be under slavery under a different master. Some people choose to define freedom as the luxuries that they have. They have the freedom to live a more luxurious life. Sure, and we and Because our masters understand. allow it to some extent. Right, well, we need to help them come to the understanding that they are not in point of fact free and they actually actually are slaves. And I'm sure there were slaves back in the day that thought they were free. Hey, I'm free. I can get up and, and do, do certain things more on the way. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Brought to you by SACL CAI. That number, again, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, so enjoy them on us, including updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com. Get 50% off of one item when you type in FTL at the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with the order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. So it's Valentine's Day is coming up, and uh, you can go get your loved one a gift at AdamEve.com. So we're bickering uh, moments ago over definitions of serf versus slave. Are they, the, are they, in fact, one and the same? The dictionary says they're synonyms. Uh, in fact, not only does it say they're synonyms, but it actually defines the term serf as slaves. So the second definition of serf is slave. Now, Mark, you're saying you believe there are some subtle differences between the two. Dale and I are pointing out that we think that the term slave is pro- particularly appropriate to what people are today. Uh, you say that you should stay away from the term slave, Mark, because, well, people will recoil from it. And it's true. Nobody wants to be told they're a slave. Nobody wants to look at that and say, well, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm with you. I'm a slave. Yeah. Um, everybody wants to believe that they're free, especially the people that live in a so-called free country who've been raised to believe that this is indeed freedom, that what we are experiencing right now is indeed true freedom. And so if you come to that person, you say, well, uh, I'm sorry to tell you this, bud, but you're actually a slave. Well, no, I'm not. And the, the point that I was trying to make a few moments ago, but it ran out of time, was that I imagine that there must have been some slaves on the plantations back in the day who also believed that they were free. I mean, if indeed they were raised on the plantation and were not able to read and were restricted in their, their the amount of knowledge that they had, they may have believed they were having as good a life as they possibly could have had. They they wouldn't have known. And they were what being other told that were they there. were much better off being, you know, having the guidance of, of, of someone guiding them and telling them 
you know, uh, their 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 lives would be better that way versus if they were off on they wouldn't be able to take well, yeah, care of themselves. Yeah, you're protected on their own, here. So. You've got a place to stay. You've got food. You've got uh, something to do during the daytime. So I imagine that some of them back then would have responded in the same way. Well, well my life here is good. What are you saying? There's something better out there. Why are you rocking the boat? Yeah. So I think it's okay to be iconoclastic in that in that way to to throw out that bombshell and say, look, you're a slave. I think the, that's okay. We are the the number one weapon of of authoritarian governments on uh, over us. Everyone likes to say that they have all the guns, but their number one weapon is their illusions and their symbols and all these things they use to keep us obedient. And that and and that is uh the the take that weapon away and you have undermined their their authority over us. Let's go to Gene the Christian anarchist on the line in Tennessee on the amp line. Hello Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, hello. I'm going to disagree with you about us being slaves, but okay. that said, I'm going to have to preface that by saying that there's different levels of understanding. And on April 15th, I intend to be marching in front of the uh, post office as everybody files their tax returns in my V for Vendetta costume with a sign that says income tax is slavery. Now, with that said, I have to say that we're not slaves. And what really opened my mind to all this was my first trip to China 15 years ago when I realized that those people were about as free as we are. So what it comes down to is realizing that slavery as an institution, and if it's institutionalized, it has to have an institution called government. Government, as we've discussed in the past, does not exist. It's a fiction. So the only thing that you have is you have the, the, the chance that if you exercise your slavery, somebody's, I mean, if you exercise your freedom, somebody's going to try and violate your rights that, that exist no matter where you are. Okay. So, so slavery cannot exist as an institution any more than government can exist as an institution. Therefore, I am 100% free. I do run the risk of getting roughed up or killed or jailed by gang members. And a gang member is nothing more than a thug. So wait a minute, Gene. Would you also say that the slaves of the 1800s were also 100% free, but they just ran the risk of being roughed up if they left the plantation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on, you're playing games. I I understand what you're saying, uh, and I do. do, mm -hmm. Go ahead. The slaves outnumbered the masters by at at least 20 to 1, maybe more, depending on the size of the plantation. Of course... They were free, oh, there's no doubt that they're being kept in line by freedom. other slaves. If you start to get notions in your mind of actually of behaving like a free person, the other slaves will get upset because they They'll are they are American. They are enslaved by their illusions and by you know that without a doubt the masters keep the slaves in line with their illusions and things. And and we have that problem today, but it's not because the people the, that you're calling slaves are slaves. It's because they are not informed. They don't realize. That they don't have to be violent towards other people. That's that's to, uh, true. Make them behave the way they want them to. So that's, it, that's it's true. Simply a matter of information. But a single but a single a slave can't simply become free by becoming informed because the that's other true. slaves will will 
They'll snitch we'll on him. The, yeah. Yeah, they'll report him. <laughs> uh, they'll be jealous of him. It's just like when we hear people getting upset because somebody has dodged so-called taxes. You know, the good law-abiding Americans, we, we pay our taxes, and when these folks can get away with not paying, that's not fair. And so they'll call, and they'll snitch out their neighbors, and they'll turn them in. And uh, and, and I agree with you, Dale. Uh, just a little bit of knowledge is very powerful, but without the other slaves to come to that same conclusion, then you're not going to get off the plantation. I mean, that's what we're seeing happen right now. We have some people here, in, especially here in New Hampshire, but in other parts of the country doing it as well, who are proclaiming their freedom, who are, are starting to act as if they are free, and it is causing repercussions, and, and they are being made an example of. But I think it's more, more than anything, it's, there needs to be that public example of those people who proclaim to be free in order to keep the minds of everyone else enslaved. And, and so you're right, but we, I mean... See that. But that's why we As do that, because we are trying that. to get people to, uh, to revolt against their slave master. No, not, not revolt right. violently, and, and but to proclaim their freedom. What you're doing by, by, uh, by, by example is you're teaching them that they are not slaves, even though they think they're slaves. So when you exercise your freedoms in front of them, then they say, well, you know, why can't I do that? I'm just, I'm the same kind of guy he is. I'm just as, I'm equal with him. Why can't I do the same thing? So you're informing them that they are free. You're not, you're not freeing them. You're simply informing them that they're free. You see, it's, well, their actions it's, are dictated by their false belief that they're not free. You're absolutely right. I might be going about it, and when I describe it, I might be going about it in a slightly different way that, that probably sounds a little bit more negative uh, than what you're talking about. It's basically you're trying to inform people that they're free, but, but – um, uh, I, I, but you I think aren't that free until you act as though you're it, free. You're getting into sort of an argument of semantics because I, I acknowledge that you know, at any point you, can do, you have your free will. You can do as you choose. But you are, you know, you are being, you're, you're under threat of violence if you disobey, and that that is being in the position of a slave. Now we yes, should. But it's you're time under for us the to. Threat of you know. Violence all your life. I mean, from mm-hmm. the day you're born till the day you're dying, sure. you're under the threat of violence from somebody. So what you. And that's why I specifically point out, you know, an institutionalized, the fact that it's institutionalized as opposed to, you know, a criminal can always come up and threaten you with a gun and say, hand over your wallet, and then you're a, you're a victim of a crime for that moment. Uh, it's not really institutionalized. I think on the it has to it has to be on an institute. I said this in the slave test, an institutionalized level for it to tr- you know for it to make sense to kind of use the word slavery. Man, you can't go right. into and a prison and tell those guys in there uh, that they're free men because they're. I mean, it's obvious they are that physically they are. in cages. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were acting <laughs> like they were free men, and then the men with guns came along and decided to throw them in cages as a result. I, I am letting, I am I am cu- telling people that they are slaves, and I say it sincerely, and I'm saying it so that they will free their minds, and that is the first step to freeing our bodies. Absolutely. Gene, any other thoughts? Well, yeah, well, again, it's, it is kind of semantics, but the reality is that they're only in by their own beliefs. I they're agree with that, but you're also only as free. Not... I agree with you, Gene, but you can't tell someone they're free if they don't believe it themselves. So... Well, that's why you need to teach them these semantics, teach them the differences so that they realize that they are and they can be free. Very good. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. I, uh, you know, differing approaches, whatever works for you. I personally like the idea of throwing out the slave term because it'll it'll shock somebody possibly into paying attention to what you're saying. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This 
to Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number. He, uh, by the way, here in these remaining moments, you can still get on. 800-259-9231 is that number. Brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features we give away. And now if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com. A whole list of things you can do there, including calling uh, and contacting your local talk radio stations. Great way to kind of put a bug in the ear of your local program directors about Free Talk Live. If we're not on in your local market, and odds are good we aren't, uh, we've only got about 44 stations around the country, so there's a chance we're on, but uh, not very not very high chance. So contact your local talk stations. Learn how over at local fac, L, uh, local FAQ dot freetalklive.com. It's kind of a quick little uh, thing you can read there to give you some tips and tricks on how to contact your local talk stations on behalf of the show. Makes a difference. 800-259-9231. We continue. Paula is on the line in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi, hon. I've got something very serious that people need to know about, and I've been talking to other people. They said they're getting very bad information about what's going on with our VA hospitals. My husband uh, just had heart surgery, mm-hmm. and he has depression problems because of his brain injuries. But anyway, uh, the thing is, they put him back, this doctor, he saw him in the ER, he put him on a medication he had been taken off of because it made him violent. And he's just had heart surgery, and, I mean, oh, no. they're not even, one doctor tells me he wants to take five minerals, the other one hadn't even mentioned it. I mean, he's he's not getting anything he needs. I mean, they're not telling me he needs to have magnesium, potassium. He could have a heart attack at any minute. You know, it's so sad because they don't care. I mean, some of them might in the VA. Some of the doctors and nurses, they might actually care on an individual basis, and they might do as much as they can within their system. But the system itself doesn't care, and it's because the system has no incentive to care. Whether your husband lives or dies doesn't matter to the VA one iota. I mean, it matters to to you. To the doctors. It may matter to the doctors, but to the system itself, the cold, unfeeling bureaucracy itself... The bureaucracy doesn't exist, really. Right, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I was told that they were told to kill off as many as possible. They needed the money. Mm. It's a a very realistic possibility and something that uh, people who've been victimized by the VA for years have speculated about, speculated that essentially their doctors uh, didn't give them the right prescription on purpose or that they were attempting to kill them off. Because yeah. of budgetary reasons. Yeah. And a, lo- a lot more people die from pre- from, from uh, doctor mistakes on pres- prescriptions than from illegal drugs. It's far, true, far I, more. I bet well, you this, the most... is is one of the most dangerous and antidepressant. I mean, that guy that killed all those people in Virginia was on the same stuff. What's it called? Sertaline. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's what you got to you just have to look out. I mean, if you want good health care, don't put yourself in the hands of the VA. I know it sounds like a nice deal when they tell you they're going to take care of you for the rest of your life, but if this is the kind of care that you're getting, you're better off going to some sort of private clinic because if you're going to a private doctor, he has to uh, he has to actually perform based on some level of your expectation. And if you aren't if he isn't performing to your expectations, he knows you could go somewhere else and take your business elsewhere and then he's out that amount of money. He's uh his profit is that much less that year because he lost you as a client. Whereas if the VA doctors 
decide to, well, just neglect you or they don't get to your case fast enough and your husband ends up dying as a result of that, the VA doctor is going to get paid the same amount at the end of the year regardless of how many people live or die under his care. And that's the sad, cold reality of the socialized medicine system. Well, I called the representatives in Washington, and they were pretty upset, and uh, they were going to call the hospital. And I called I'm sure the they AMA jumped right and, on that, uh, Paula. Huh? I'm sure they just jumped right on that as soon as you they got did, off the they phone. They called. Sure, sure. How did you verify that? They did. They called. Yeah? How did you verify anyway, that? The thing is, I called the AMA, and they can't investigate them because uh, they're not allowed to. And uh, mm-hmm. so the only thing I can do is maybe, you know, go to law enforcement. Good luck. Let us know what happens. I thank you for the call tonight. It's a frustrating situation to be dealing with. You sure were told is. you were going to be taken care of, and then this happens? 1-800-259-9231. And really, what can you do about it? I understand she's saying she's called, and she's made phone calls, and she's going to make more phone calls, and I don't know, maybe they'll... I'd like to be optimistic. I'd like to be optimistic, but I, I just can't be. Because I've heard too much about the VA. As the rest of the country gets sold on socialized medicine, this is what we're all going to be in. This is, that's true. That's what they're planning for everybody in America. When you hear them talking about universal health care, just think about Paula's call. Think about all of the stories you've heard about the VA over the years, the hospitals, in decrepit conditions. There was that one in the the D.C. area, I think it was recently. Walter Reed. Walter Reed. Hospitals in decrepit conditions, the patients being neglected, being given the wrong prescriptions, doctors and nurses acting uh, acting as though they just don't care, just the cold shoulder of the bureaucracy. You ready for? Are is you it, ready for is, this for your children? This is the health care the government's offering to people who risk their lives. Who you know risk their lives for our country, as I right. love to say. And so they, they serve <laughs> the government. There should be some level of loyalty. Apparently, presumably they earned this uh, this health care, and then this is what they got. So the, and they I get, can't imagine for people who, you know, when they just just apply it to everyone across the 300 million people in the United States. I can't even imagine. Right. They're just kicking them to the curb, just like how up in Canada, if you're too old, then you get kicked to the curb, too. If you're uh, if you're not in their current specs as far as who they're willing to help versus who is less of a priority, mm-hmm. then too bad. Doesn't matter how much money you've got. They're you're, not going to help you. You're going to get a majority of people, a majority of people in a socialized medicine situation. A majority of people are going to go. So, oh yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. I don't have to pay for anything. I get prescription drugs and sure. All that, and because most well, of them are going in for little things, they get a they get a prescription and they walk out and it's fine. It's when someone has to get a specialized surgery or something like that, they end up on a waiting list. And sometimes it's extremely serious. It's it's obviously it's the it's the times it's uh it's those cases that uh, are that are scary in the socialized medicine so dale let's move back to the slave issue because we were still kind of debating this and what brought all this up were your articles recently at anarchyinyourhead.com where the most recent one is who will build the slave roads and you're expanding on your slave test idea uh, the slave test being that well if you want to find out whether or not you're a slave just act as though you are free and wait and see what happens right uh, wait until the men in blue decide to pull guns on you and make it clear that you're not that you're not a free man uh, but where were you going with your other article because obviously we don't have time to read the whole thing at this point what, what would you say the gist of uh, this, the follow-up article was? Well, I, I was going to say that even slaves on a plantation had varying degrees of freedom because their masters allowed it. And I think even now, you know, you hear people saying there is a you are a percentage of a slave. Libertarians love to say this. They say if you're forty percent, if you're taxed at forty percent, you're forty percent a slave. And I would say the fact that they claim the right to tax you at any rate 
they choose at any time, they are claiming uh, that they are essentially saying that they own your productivity and they are allowing you to keep a portion of it. So, so regardless of what percentage you're being taxed at right this moment, and that can be very complicated to to figure out because it's not just income tax, obviously. Right. Then, regardless of that percentage, you are 100% a slave because they claim the right to boss you around to to claim yeah, your as income. You, as long as you aren't free to say no thanks. They are allowing you with their generosity a bit of freedom and. And that's what we call being free in, in this the country same way right now. that the slave masters would allow the slaves to have a meal and a, a roof over their heads. Right. I mean, so they weren't 100 percent. They were, you know, 98 percent or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the slave thing doesn't sit well with me because it doesn't fit the definitions of slaves entirely. Uh, you know, actually, from what I've been able to come up with, the best term to describe what we are is citizens. Citizens. But uh, I have never agreed to the citizenship uh, deal. That's, I understand. Citizenship that sounds is, way too nice. The slave, too, slaves too may not have a word. <laughs> slaves may not For have uh, agreed to be slaves. No, no, no. Mark, the definition of citizen is one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for uh, a duty of protection, essentially, and the or obligation of protection. And so the government has ruled over and over again that the government has no obligation to protect. So if there is no obligation to protect, there can't be any citizens. We're getting because, the raw end of that deal. Well, right. like we're having to fulfill our side of it, but they're not fulfilling theirs. That's pretty classic <laughs> when it comes to government. So I can't accept that one either. I think slave or serf is far better than citizen. Everybody thinks of themselves as a citizen. So if you say say to somebody, well, you're a citizen. Oh, well, yes, I am. I understand. Whereas if you say slave or serf, well, no, I'm not. Well, maybe you haven't thought too hard about well, it. Yeah, exactly. They're free to say that all they want, but I mean, they're they're comforting themselves with little delusions. <laughs> I think it's. Uh, I think, I think they that need... it, it's fine if you have the opportunity to discuss it with somebody and you can yeah. explain why it is that they're a slave. However, if you just get to blurt out, "You're a slave," oh, and that's you have all to you have get, a discussion. It, um, well, I mean, on, on the radio, we don't get to have a discussion necessarily with uh, the people that may disagree with it. I, I, nobody can call in and disagree tonight. Other people can. And listen in on the on those calls. And, Thousands of people were listening. Somebody had to disagree. They didn't call in, so you know we didn't get to explain exactly what you know why um, you know what what their specific reasons why they don't think they are a slave, why they may or may not be mistaken. You know, I'm pretty sure we've delved into it quite deeply here. And if they didn't want to call, it's their problem. Uh, but yeah, if you're going to use the term "you're a slave" with somebody, you should be having a conversation with them. It shouldn't just be a drive-by. You're a slave. You need to get into the details and explain why, and 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 essentially hold their hand and show them. Right. Give them concrete examples and give them the slave test. I'll, I would like to, I would like to hear a good defense that they're not a slave. I haven't heard one yet. We're <laughs> out of time. See you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.